Welcome, and thank you for joining I-5 The Heat. I'm your host, Jazz Springer. We are here with one of our candidates running for Sheriff of Richland County in South Carolina. Our local election is June 14th, and we would like to shed some light on this candidate and local issues. Join us in applauding James Flowers. Thank you for joining us today, James thank Flowers. Thank you, thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful. So I guess we can just jump into the questions. Okay. Okay. Um, tell me about your history being a probation and parole agent mm -hmm. and then transferring over to SLED. Well, you know, I went to the University of South Carolina where I got my uh, bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew I was going to go into law enforcement from the time I was 17. I wanted to go into law enforcement and uh, arrest crooked cops. Get rid of crooked cops is what, I, what my goal was for my career. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> after I graduated from college at USC, I got the opportunity to start in law enforcement with the South Carolina Department of Probation Parole Department Services. And, and in that job, uh, I started out in the field as a field agent, a probation parole agent, where I kept up with uh, probationers and parolees and their everyday activities and their home life, their work life, their family life. Um, also served a lot of warrants and just helped a lot of people in that way. Uh, I was able to uh, get promoted to the community policing coordinator for that agency uh, not too long after uh, I was there a few years and I was promoted to that position. In that job, I, I served as the captain of a special operations response team, which was a 100-person team that furthered the safety needs for the state of South Carolina. I was supervisor for the fugitive investigators statewide. I also uh, served on the U.S. Marshals Operation Intercept Fugitive Task Force. Uh, I did internal investigations. I was an instructor through the Criminal Justice Academy and firearms, defensive tactics, pressure point control tactics, arrest scenarios, uh, tactical driving, personal protective equipment, just about anything you can teach law enforcement officers. Um, I got that training while I was at probation and parole. Um, <clears throat> soon, well, doing that job, uh, being the captain of the special operations response team, gave me the opportunity to work closely with SLED, the state law enforcement division. Um, and in that position, SLED uh, started a Homeland Security Division, and uh, I spoke with Chief Robert Stewart at the time, and, and I applied for that position, and I was one of four agents that started the Homeland Security Division at SLED. Um, we started that division where we implemented the um, National Incident Management System and Incident Command Systems that, that came from the federal government. Uh, it was, um, this was started after 9-11 when, uh, you know, 9-11 happened and Ground Zero, all of the law enforcement officers and fire and everybody showed up at Ground Zero and they realized that they couldn't talk to each other. They didn't know who was there. They didn't know where they were. Uh, they couldn't communicate. And so it, 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 it led to the need for a, a national model for incident command. And that's what we implemented here in South Carolina. Um, after that, I went into criminal investigations and that's pretty much where I stayed for the rest of my career now. Part of investigations where I work cases. I worked every kind of case you can think of from money to murder is, is what I like to say. Um, I worked um, corruption cases. I also worked officer-involved shootings. Uh, while I was an investigator, I was assigned to the uh, FBI Violent Crime Task Force. Uh, I was did the U.S. Marshals uh, Fugitive Task Force. I was on the SWAT team at SLED where I drove all the vehicles. I was... Uh, on the entry team, and I also uh, was an FBI trained hostage negotiator. Mm -hmm. 
I did do some time with the Secret Service, assigned to the Secret Service on perfect, pr protective details for Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. Wow. So we've done a little bit of everything in law enforcement that you can think of. Okay, I would say you definitely qualify. <laughs> we are qualified. We, we have almost a 20-year career at the state law enforcement level. Um, being in the state at the state level, uh, senior special agent at, at SLED, uh, I was given and afforded the opportunity to uh, head up many uh, operations that were uh, big operations statewide in different parts where we cry like crime suppression where uh, I commanded basically hundreds of officers from multiple different agencies and it was all it, it all came under my command so uh, that's that, that was a big deal you know sometimes there would be incidents where uh, big crime would happen and uh, you know you'd go to a county wherever maybe there was a small county with a you know not a big sheriff's department or police department they would call us for assistance and when I got there the sheriff or the police chief would come straight to me and say what am I supposed to do so we you know, that's that's part of the experience that I have traveling this entire state, working closely with law enforcement leaders, building relationships and alliances to uh, further the safety needs of the people of South Carolina. Okay. Okay. So what do you think that you would be able to offer Richland County that we're not getting now? Well, I think it's that leadership. I think it's, it's new, fresh leadership. It's, you know, Richland County has... Um, had the same leadership at the Sheriff's Department for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, and, and also, you know, the current sheriff has been in, in law enforcement 41 years. And, and while that's a commendable thing, uh, at, at some point, when you're in power that long or in an office that long, it becomes more about you than it is about the actual department. And I think that's where we are now. So it's time for fresh new leadership at the Sheriff's Department. It's time for the type of leadership that we talk about uh, traveling the state, building relationships and alliances with other agencies, sharing information and resources to solve and prevent crime beyond territorial boundaries. But, you know, just having that that uh, statewide leadership is, is one of the things that we're going to bring to, to Richland County. Okay, okay. So, Mr. Flowers, do you believe that uh, we should have term limits for the sheriff's position and why? Well, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to term limits. Um, the question is how many terms is the limit is the thing right. because you know sometimes a leader can be very effective for a very long time uh, sometimes they need to go immediately mm -hmm. and so uh, it would all depend on the position the person in the position uh, I would think that three terms as sheriff is probably about enough oh, wow. um, uh, it would not bother me if there were term limits and uh, you know two terms like a president could be enough maybe not enough three terms probably max 12 years is, is long enough to be sure wow okay yeah i would have to agree with you because mm -hmm. then that gives the new per a new person in the chance for richmond county to grow right. and have <clears throat> new um opportunities that's right you know right. instead of 20 years and keep going and right. then we just get the same old same old right so. well if you if you if you stop it very early, then, uh, you know, it takes time to implement your plan right. because you have to hire employees and, and deputies who uh, have your same mindset when it comes to enforcing the law. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, law enforcement is a, is a, is a, a tough field and people, 
you know, after 20 years or 10 or 15 or 20 years as a law enforcement officer, it's hard to change people's thought process on how to enforce the law. And so, you know, if you go in only saying you're only going to do one term, then you're lamed up the moment you walk in the door. Right. You know, you, as soon as you walk in, people are already lined up to run against you, and you're really not going to be as effective as you can. So it, you need to at least have the ability to be there two to three terms mm -hmm. so that you can uh, come up with your plan and implement your plan and actually have time to do it. Right. It's, it's kind of like Obama. Obama didn't have enough time to do everything that he needed to do within right. the um, the first four years, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. for him to be in it again, mm -hmm. it gave him opportunities to give us more right. that we needed. So That's I right. definitely agree with you That's on right. that. So now, what do you believe about um, if you become our new sheriff, mm -hmm. um, the police officers in the departments, do you think racial tension and issues would... Um, decrease, um, you know, like with the issue with the cop in Columbia on St. Andrews Road mm -hmm. and him shooting mm -hmm. a person right. who didn't have any kind of weapon. Right. Do you right. think certain situations like that would decrease or with you in office or? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I think that me being uh, African-American, a mm -hmm. black man, mm -hmm. which I'm proud of, uh, I've never, I've not run my race as a black candidate. I've always said that I want you to vote for me because I'm the most qualified candidate to do this job. I care more about what's going on in Richland County. Uh, but the fact that the leader of the Richland County Law Enforcement Agency would be African American would in itself inherently improve race relations uh, to a certain extent. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to rely on that fact. We're going to go out and make sure that we recruit minority officers from colleges and from communities to have a more diverse uh, law enforcement agency so that we work on diversity. We're going to train them on diversity mm -hmm. so that they have better ideas on how to deal with issues involving others. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we definitely need that mm -hmm. here. Um, the situation in Charleston, mm -hmm. and it keeps happening. Mm -hmm. um, what about... Officer shooting, what is it called? Um, center mass. Mm -hmm. is center that mass. Do mm -hmm. um, you think they, they kind of jump the gun when that happens with most situations where the the citizen doesn't even have a weapon on them? Do you well, think they kind of? No. So so here's what what needs to be known more about that. The law enforcement officer needs to make a good determination as to whether to use deadly force or not. And so that's the beginning of the situation. If the person is not presenting deadly force to the law enforcement officer or great bodily harm to the law enforcement officer, then the law enforcement officer is not justified in their use of deadly force. So whether it's center mass or shooting them in the hand, it doesn't matter if you're not supposed to do it in the first place. So first thing we need to do is make sure that we're training our law enforcement officers to recognize deadly force situations, not have uh, biases or training issues that make them think that situations are deadly force when they are not. Mm -hmm. um, we also need to provide our law enforcement officers with you know, superior training, superior weapons, superior numbers and force so that every situation doesn't have to be a deadly force situation. However, when a law enforcement officer is presented with a deadly force situation, then the law enforcement officer is trained, I know because I trained them, to shoot center mass. 
because uh, shooting a person, shooting a suspect who is presenting deadly force to you, center mass, gives you the best opportunity to eliminate the threat. Law enforcement officers are not trained to kill. No one is taught to shoot to kill. They're taught to shoot center mass because that's the best chance they have of actually hitting the target. When you shoot at a piece of paper that doesn't move, it's easy to pick different pieces and parts of that piece of paper to shoot at. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a dynamic situation in the field and your life is on the line, your life or somebody else's life is on the line, you don't have the luxury to pick out certain parts of the body to try and get shots that may not be lethal. Your best chance to hit a target that can be moving and can also present you with deadly forces to shoot center mass. And that's why we train law enforcement officers that. That was what's concerning about mm -hmm. that. Now, mm -hmm. really new. Mm -hmm. now, what about officers here in South Carolina mm -hmm. carrying a camera on their body person? Cams. Mm -hmm. I like body cams. I think body cams are, 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 are exciting. I think they're a very good tool to add to the transparency tool belt for law enforcement. Um, I, I know that there are going to be issues with body cams as far as they will fail sometimes. Uh, they're not going to show the whole situation like people think. So people need to kind of tamper their expectations with body cams. It's, it's going to be a good thing. I think anytime you can show more transparency uh, and show more about what you do, it's always a good thing. It protects the public. It protects the law enforcement officer. Uh, but we need to make sure that we uh, do it uh, smartly. For example, one of the issues is what do we do with the data that we collect, the, 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 the actual video, mm -hmm. uh, and, and where do we keep it? How do we store it? How long do we store it? Who has access to it? And so, you know, I, 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 just, I prefer to err on the side of transparency. I, I, I would like for you to just be able to see almost everything that's on the camera because if a law enforcement officer is doing something that they sh can't, be filmed for, then they more than likely don't need to be doing it. Right. But uh, there are times where a law enforcement officer will come to your residence on a follow-up interview uh, or uh, for a community service or community policing, and uh, if they have their body cam on and they show the inside of your residence, for example, uh, I don't think you want the world seeing what's in your home. Right. Now, if there's a crime that occurs inside your home, then that footage is fair game, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to release the uh, officer's body cam footage of your interior of your home when he's just there for community service or a follow-up interview or something like that. So, so we need to be smart about what we do with the footage and um, and how we store it. Okay. Now tell me, ha has there been something that happened to you in your life to make you go into law enforcement? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, when I was 17, I was prof my father and I were profiled by a, a very um, uh, small county sheriff deputy uh, coming back from uh, dropping my sister off when, when I was 17 years old. Uh, we were taking my sister to college. Uh, she went to West Georgia University. We lived in Macon, Georgia at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were driving back, my father and I, uh, on the backcountry roads. And a sheriff deputy passed us in the other lane he whipped back. He whipped around on us, and he followed us. Uh, my dad stopped at a convenience store. Uh, he never turned his lights on. He followed us very closely. My dad stopped at a convenience store. Uh, he got out. He came to the car, and he, and he and in a very rude manner uh, asked for my dad's license and insurance. Uh, 
and he just walked off, and my dad was like, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? He didn't say anything, and he went back to the car, and he ran our information, and I guess he found out that we weren't warned by the FBI or anything, and by this time, people started coming out of the store, and he walked back up to the car, and he took my dad's stuff, and he threw it in the car, and, um, and my dad was like, hey, what's, what's, what's that all, what are you, what'd you stop us for? And he, and he turned around, he looked at us in a very ugly tone. He said, uh, uh, your, your fog lights are too bright. That's what he stopped us for. And he got in his car and he drove off. And it, and it, and it forever changed my view of law enforcement and the world. I was 17. I was young. I was impressionable. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, you know. But I was getting recruited to play football. Scholarships. I was being recruited all over the country. Uh, I went back home for that ride. We had about an hour ride back home, mm-hmm. and my father and I never spoke the rest of that ride, and it um, and it affected me. And I went inside and I, and I started looking through brochures, college brochures, and um, and I saw criminal justice on the paper, and it was like uh, internal affairs, investigate law enforcement officers. 17 years old, I decided that day I was going into law enforcement to get rid of cookie cutters. Goodness, that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. quite a story. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there anything else you would like Richland County people mm-hmm. for us to know about you and running your plans as running as sheriff? Well, more than anything, I just want to thank everybody for all the love and support that we've gotten uh, since the beginning of this campaign. You know, I had the best job in law enforcement, and, and I quit that job to run for sheriff because I believe in it that much. Mm-hmm. And and it's been long, it's been hard days, early mornings, late nights, uh, out neighborhood canvassing, events, programs, meetings, churches, um, and and it's been a long, tough road. We've been getting the message out, people. Uh, Every day are more and more receptive. Uh, once they get to sit down with us and hear what we're all about, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 get we get support, and people have have really shown us a lot of love. And I just want to thank everybody for that. That's important to me. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to thank you for sitting mm-hmm. with I Five to Eat today. No this problem. is so important to Richland County. I, I think it's time for a change myself. So. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for helping us get the word out and, and keep doing exactly what you're doing. I certainly appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I, I just want to get the word out to our lovely people of Richland County. Vote. We encourage everyone to come out and vote. Voting is very important. You cannot get anywhere in this life if you don't stand for something. We've had so many people that have lost their lives for us to have the right to vote. Please don't squander that right away. Go out and vote. June 14th is a very important date for Richland County. Thank you again, Mr. Flowers, for being here with I-5 The Heat. Thank you. Best wishes to you for June 14th elections. Thank you. June 14th, please vote James Flowers for Sheriff, Richland County. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are watching I-5 The Heat.